if you have ever asked the question, God, what is your will for my life? You are in the right place. Because over the next 25 minutes, I am going to answer every question that you have ever had about God's will for you. (laughs) Um, Probably not. Uh, But I do hope to maybe give a little bit of insight from God's word, a couple of like mental images that have helped me um, understand how to walk in God's will. And my ultimate goal is that I don't confuse you maybe about this topic more than you already are. (laughs) Uh, I've received probably this question more often than any other question. Um, Sean, how did you get called into ministry? What was that call into ministry like for you? How How did God do it. And, and I've always kind of felt like my answer to them uh, was, was a little bit of a, of a letdown. Uh, my, my calling into ministry was pretty mundane as far as like callings go. I didn't hear this big, booming, loud, audible voice or even uh, this quiet whisper. I, I didn't receive a, a vision or, or like this strong emotional burden to go into ministry. If anything, it was the exact opposite of that. I didn't want to. Uh, I've shared this before, but on the, the night when I gave my life to Jesus and started following him, I remember vividly praying that night, God, I will go anywhere, do anything you want me to do. Just please, 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 please don't make me a missionary, a youth minister, or ugh, a preacher because they are the worst. Lord, I don't want to do any of that. Other than that, I am all yours, but just not over, over there. And <laughs> after a couple of years of following Jesus, um, was serving at waiting tables at a, at a, a restaurant in Noblesville, Indiana. And yeah, shout out for Noblesville over there. Uh, and I got a call from this, this church in Jasonville, Indiana. Yeah, not as much about Jasonville. Uh, in Jasonville, Indiana, asking if I'd want to do a part-time youth ministry on the weekends with them and, and through the summer. And they said, we will pay you $100 a week and let you live in our parsonage. I'm like, deal, I'm in. Where do I sign up? And uh, so every weekend uh, through like my last couple of years of, of college, I would drive the seven-hour round trip uh, from Lincoln, Illinois, Lincoln Christian College to Shackamack Community Church in Jasonville, Indiana, and uh, do ministry. Oftentimes I'd bring a car full of friends with me and we would crash on couches and air mattresses and sleeping bags in that parsonage and just spend the weekend loving on kids. And man, I enjoyed that so much. And it was sometime in, in the midst of that ministry where I thought, you know, this isn't as bad as what I thought that it would be. <laughs> I kind of enjoy this. We, we were seeing fruit from the ministry start to, to grow. My, my, my buddies were so gracious and kind, and they started affirming some things in me that, that I hadn't seen before. And so I talked to some wise friends and mentors and counselors and ended up changing my degree from unknown <laughs> to <laughs> preaching and, and youth ministry. And, and every step of the way, I feel like that's kind of been the template that Amber and I have, have followed in trying to live out God's will. Like, there, there's no necessarily specific direction, no, no goosebumps in prayer, no vivid dreams telling us where to go and, and what to do. It's just been stepping into the amazing opportunities that God has placed before us, opportunities that we did not deserve. 
trying to use our gifts and our passions the best that we can, reading scripture and doing what we can to, to, to follow it the best that we can, listening to the wisdom of my wife and friends. And I tell people, I've, I've, when it comes to my calling in ministry, I feel like I've kind of stumbled into my calling rather than received my, my calling. And as incredible as this journey has been over the last 22 years, I'll, I'll tell you, there are times, there are times where I really wish that God's will worked like the Waze app on my phone. That like I could pull out my phone, open up an app, type in my, my destination, and then all of a sudden, like turn-by-turn turn directions pop up and tell me exactly where to go. It gives me an ETA so like I know how long um, I'm going to, to be on this trip. <laughs> that, that if I go off course, it says rerouting and it puts me back on the right direction. Sometimes I wish that God's will would, would work like that, that it would warn me of hazards that were, were ahead. There, there's something comforting about believing that's how the will of God works. And there are times in, in life when I think even the most adventurous amongst us want to know the plan. We've seen that in our culture, maybe you've experienced in your own life over these last couple of years where everything has just been flipped, turned upside down. There's, there's this increased amount of curiosity and concern about the future. What will happen what should we do? Where should we go? As people have wrestled with this question and, and experienced the anxiety that a lot of the time the unknown can bring, we've seen an uptick here in our church and in our community and around the world of, of counseling and mental health needs, people wanting some direction and, and insight and where they should go and what they should do in their life. People are even turning to more non-traditional services too. I read an article last week that over the last two years, the online psychic business has increased by more than 300%. That more people than ever are turning to things like horoscopes and tarot card readings to find out what their future holds. The article said that three out of every five young adults have turned to some kind of medium looking for insight and direction in their life. The person writing this article interviewed a lot of different psychic workers, and, and one of them said, said this. She said that there's an increase because of a search for comfort and understanding, a need for a sense of security and control over their worlds. And I, and I think whether you are a person of faith or not, this, this defines so much of what many of us feel. We are looking for a sense of comfort and understanding. And so there is comfort and security in believing and that every step has already been planned out. And it would be even better if we could just go ahead and have that plan now <laughs> so that we could walk through it. And so we did try to discover God's roadmap for our, our life or, or people trying to sense where the universe is, is leading me. And we want to know what job we should take and and, and who we should marry and how many kids we should have and where we should live and what car we should drive and what house we should buy and how much we should save up for retirement and what we should do in our retirement. And there's this thing inside of every one of us, I believe, that wants to know and believe that there's some kind of plan 
develop for our life. And then two, if there is a plan, we want to follow it because we don't want to mess it up. (laughs) For a lot of followers of Jesus, I know it, it just simply comes down to this desire to honor God in their lives. They want to walk faithfully with the Lord to make sure that they're walking in the path that he has laid out for them. But I'll tell you, I, I don't know if it really works that way. I don't think that that's how God's will works. In fact, I think that God's will is more like a compass than a map. God's will is more like a compass than a map. A map gives you an exact route to take. But a compass points you in the right direction. There's comfort in a map, but there's not a lot of freedom. There's freedom in following a compass because you choose the route that you want to take that leads you into the right direction. And the comfort comes from knowing that as we walk through this life, our Father is walking with us. And this isn't to say like, oh, choose whatever path you want to go on. All roads lead to the same place. That's not what I'm preaching. We find the true north of God and his word and salvation through Christ. And we start moving towards it. More than knowing his will, God wants us to know him more, to seek him more than we seek some specific direction for our life. You see, we, and by we, I mean I as well, we are consumed by the destination, but God is consumed with our spiritual formation that is happening in the journey. He's more concerned about the people that we are becoming along the way than some specific path that we have to follow. And so does God have a plan for your life? Can you know God's will? Short answer, yes. But maybe not the way that we think. Maybe not even the way that we hope sometimes. To understand it, we need to do a little bit of digging into what we mean by God's will, which takes us to our text today. Uh, If you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me. Our core verse for the week that Peggy read earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to start in in verse 15 here in just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Theologians typically talk about two aspects of God's will, his secret will and his revealed will. God's secret will is kind of like this big picture plan of what God is doing. It's his providential will for the the universe. You see, scripture says that, that God is totally in control and has purposes in and for this world that are coming Together, in, in, in other words, history and our lives are moving towards this grand destination that God desires when one day he will redeem and restore and renew all things. That, that day is coming when heaven will come down to earth and Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes. We will enter into and experience the new heaven and the new earth for those of us who are in Christ. That day is coming and there is nothing that can change it. And there are times, there are are moments when God calls and invites specific people to help move that will forward, but ultimately it is God who is orchestrating this whole plan and nothing is going to get in the way of it. And 
It's one that is secret only to him. No one knows the day or the hour. Even Jesus says that's territory only for the Father. So that's the first aspect of God's will, this grand redemption, restoration process that he is doing. The second aspect is God's revealed will. His moral will revealed to us through the wisdom of Scripture and the Holy Spirit living in us. It's it's through wise and godly people and mentors uh, around us. This is God's will for how we are to live, not exactly where we are to live or what we are to do or where we are to go. In, In our text, Paul gives an argument for why the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world and the wisdom of the world is foolishness to to God. He says that as followers of Jesus, we walk in God's wisdom, not the world's. And we can understand God's wisdom because of the Holy Spirit that is living in us. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.15. It says the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Hang on to that. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. People say, but but Jesus says, do not not judge lest you be judged. It's becoming one of the most quoted Bible verses in, in our culture. Do not judge. Jesus says it. But actually, we are to judge, not the person, but we are to judge and discern between wrong and right and almost right. It's how we live with a Christian worldview in this world. We are to judge what is good and what is not, what is holy and what is unholy. And in that, believe that we cannot be judged in any substantial way by the world. That only God judges us, only God judges others. Truth is truth, no matter how much we don't want to believe it, and a lie is a lie, no matter how much we do believe it. Having the mind of Christ helps us discern what is true and what is a lie. And that gives us access to and helps us walk in the will of God. I like how the message puts it. It says, spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's Spirit is doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit, anyone who knows what he is doing, has been answered. Christ knows and we have Christ's Spirit, which means that we can know too. And Jesus sums it all up in the great commandment. He essentially says this, God's revealed will is for you to love God and love others. Like this entire sermon could have been preached in four words. (laughs) Love God, love others. If you want the nuts and bolts of what it means to live in God's will for your life, love God and love others others. How do we do that the best way? In our core verse from last week, Paul says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
And so the more that our minds are transformed by the Spirit working in us and the Word of God transforming us, the better that we will know the will of God and how to love Him and love others in every situation that we're in. The more that we will know and desire to walk in God's will, His revealed will for our life. Not this map that gives us turn by turn directions, moment by moment directions, but a compass that points us in the right direction of how to love God and love others as we journey through this life. Whenever I think about this, this, this difference between God's secret will and his revealed will, uh, I, always, I always go back to this uh, buddy of mine in college that whenever we were, were driving around uh, and we'd pull into like a Walmart parking lot or something, he would, he would verbally pray out loud, God, show me where you want me to park. <laughs> And, and, I, and I think like in, in his mind, like where he parked would, would like kick off this little butterfly effect that, that then would like influence the people that he would talk to and, and the things that he would experience, you know, whether or not his car was going to get dinged up by the car next to him. I don't know. But I think really what he was praying for was just a parking spot closer to the building, but that didn't sound spiritual enough. And so he prayed, God, show me where you want me to park. And I remember telling him one day, man, God does not care where you park. <laughs> It's not like if you park one aisle over, he's like, well, way to go. You just ruined everything. Like all of human history have been leading to this moment, but you parked in Scooby-Doo B instead of, you know, over here. Like, like that's not the way that it works. I imagine God looking at my friend and looking at me when sometimes I fall into that and just saying, child, you are not that important. (laughs) But I'll tell you, man, I've thought about this a lot over the years. That's weird, I know. But, but it just comes to my mind. Almost every time I pull into a parking lot, <laughs> I think, God, where do you want me to park? And laugh it off. But here's the conclusion I've come to. I think that God's will does play a role in where I park. Not his hidden will, but his revealed will. How he wants me to live and treat others and act in light of his word and the example of Jesus. See, God's will revealed in his word teaches me to have the mindset of Christ and to think about others even above myself. God's revealed will teaches me to put the needs of others even above my own. It, it teaches me that in God's kingdom, the first will be last and the last will be first. It teaches me to go the extra mile, to live in healthy rhythms and a pace of life and to not be in a hurry all the time. And so here's one practical thing I do trying to walk in the will of God. I try to always pass up the first parking spot that's available. <laughs> I tell myself, you know, someone might need that spot more than me. I've, I've driven into parking lots before and the girls have been like, Daddy, there, there was one right there. And so, yeah, somebody might need that more than us. We can, we can walk. And it's just this, this little reminder that while God may not care about exactly where I park, he cares even so much about that little detail in my heart of what I desire most. 
And I'm not legalistic about it. I don't think that God will be disappointed in me if I take a closer spot or that I won't be walking in his will anymore. It's just simply trying to live out what I do know of God's will, hoping that, that in some way, when it's a bigger step of faith in front of me, I'll be ready to take it because of all of those little steps of walking in his will behind me. And I think that's how we walk in God's will in our life. It's not about trying to figure out what we don't know. It's about living out the things that we do know. We don't know where we are going to live in five years. We don't even know if we're going to be alive in five years. But wherever we are, Scripture has made it clear how we're to live, how we can follow God's will in the way that we live five years from now. We don't know if we are going to marry or who we're going to marry, but we know God's will for sexual purity and to marry someone with a similar love of Christ that we have. We don't know if the business that we started is going to be successful or if it is going to fail, but we do know that God's will for us is to conduct our business in an upright way, to be fair, to be honest. And to trust God, good or bad. We don't know which neighborhood we will live in, but we do know God's will is for us to love him and love others in our neighborhood. I love how Amy Joseph put it in an article that she wrote. Uh, she, she said, whether you become a teacher or a doctor, he cares more about the kind of doctor or teacher you're becoming he cares far more about what's going on within the walls of your house than about the colors of your walls or the specifics of your address. He cares more about the way you love your neighbor than the neighborhood you live in. It's God's secret providential will will one day renew and restore all things and that can't be altered. That plan is unfolding right now in ways that we don't even know, in ways that we can't even see. And it's been unfolding from the beginning. But in the meantime, God has told us what to do through his word and he has shown us how to live and what his will is and how we live through Jesus. I like to picture it this way. I'll kind of close with this this morning. Our Heavenly Father has brought us into this, this huge playground. Take yourself back to the day when you were a child when you didn't wake up with back pain, <laughs> soreness, stiff neck, and, and like you used to get excited about going to parks instead of like a burden. <laughs> God has taken us, his children, to this giant playground, the, the most beautiful thing that we have ever seen, the kind that you can only dream of playing on. And, and, and as we arrive before, before he sends us out, he, he sits us down and he says, listen, you can play on whatever you want, however you want. Here's just what I want you to do. Play well with others. <laughs> Invite them to play with you. And stay within the boundaries that I've set for you. And he's not going to dictate what we play on or for how long we play on it. He's not going to be disappointed if, if the first thing that we run to is the monkey bars instead of the swing. <laughs> God delights in watching his children joyfully play and use their creativity and our imaginations. That is his will. It's why he brought us to this playground to begin with. 
and, and he'll keep track of the time and he'll keep track of all of the details. That's his secret will that only he knows. He just wants us to have fun and explore, love him and love others. Playing however our hearts desire within these wide boundaries that he's given us. And when we wander into the dangerous, painful places outside of those boundaries, and all of us have. Our Father goes looking for us. He brings us back, binding up our wounds and healing our hearts. Are you walking in God's will today? Are you loving Him and loving others the way that He has taught us and shown us through Jesus? Or have you wandered today? The playground outside of God's boundaries sometimes looks like a lot of fun, but maybe it's left you feeling beaten up and bruised. And the gates are open wide and your father is standing there ready to welcome you back in. He's invited you through the grace of Jesus Christ. And that's where God's will for you starts, entering in through that gate. And if you're ready, we want to help you take that next step as we enter into this time of response. Let's pray. God, thank you for the beauty and the freedom of your will. Thank you for that secret will, Lord, that only you know that is a mystery to us. <laughs> the hope and the promise that one day you will wipe away every tear. You will heal every broken heart. There will be no more broken relationships, there'll be no more death, no more sickness. Lord, we look forward to that, that day when all will be made right. When your will truly will be done on this new earth as it is in heaven right now. And in the meantime, Lord, help us to live in your revealed will, to, to not get caught up in the things that we don't know, but to be consumed by the things that we do. And to not look towards the destination, but to really be consumed about the men and the women that you are creating us to be, who live by faith and who love you and love others. Help us, Lord, to walk in that will wherever we go. In Jesus' name. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.